I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. Okay. Are you familiar with the term virtue signaling? Yeah, like when someone's up on their soapbox. Sort of up on their soapbox. Well, somebody, you know, supports women and LGBT rights, but makes sure... Somebody supports women. (laughs) Why would you do that, eh? Why would you do that? But someone who makes sure that everybody knows. Yeah. It's not the supporting that is the virtue signaling, it's the... It's the making sure everybody knows. It's similar to a humble brag. It is. It's very annoying. Um, My friend Lucy Porter... Who's a well-known? You can be comedian. like she's a massive virtue signaler. What? No, she's a comedian. She says it's really hard to define virtue signaling. As I was saying the other day to some of my Muslim friends over a fair trade coffee in our local feminist <laughs> bookshop. That's funny. She's a funny girl. Funny girl. Are we ready to start? Yeah. yeah. Ruth, uh, we had a lot of emails this week. Uh, wishing you, I mean, I know you'll be very ungracious about this, but a lot of emails, so, a lot from my cronies, uh, wishing to you... To be honest, though, we say happy... a lot from my cronies, but I would say 96%. Well, no, I think The people wrong. who email. The people who email. But anyway, some of my They've cronies... They've got a lot of time on their hands. The people... <laughs> you're implying that my friends and listeners have a lot of time on their hands. I'm implying that they all are self-employed. They work from home. Fair? Could be. Anyway, a lot of them have uh, very nicely uh, written in and wish nice, you a very happy it. 18th birthday. What are, you mean, looking, what are you looking forward to now that you're 18 years old? Basically, I'm doing all the same things that I've been doing for... A couple of years. For Yeah, since I was about 15 or whatever. But now I can do them without the guilt. So lack of guilt, I would say. I never noticed, if when you'd had an alcoholic drink, say when you were 17 or 16, I never noticed a whole lot of guilt. So you can drink legally, fine. Yeah. Anything else? That... I can get married without your permission. Well, I know that. You could join the armed forces. Yeah. But I think you can do that at 17. Yeah, I think you can do that at 17. Yeah, I think yeah. you can. So you can do all that. There's not, I don't think there's not, anything... So your life's not changed in any way. Actually, other than the copious amounts of alcohol I'm excited to drink legally. <laughs> I'm not. Um, <laughs> other than the binge drinking, which apparently I won't be doing that much of anyway because Good. us Gen Z as a... You're not into it, no. What, what, what's the word when you're, like, um, really, like, clean and, like, um, you believe in, like, what's right and stuff? What's the word? Virtuous. Vir- yeah, apparently as Gen Z is a very virtuous. <laughs> On this week's segment of Ruth forgets words and we have to stop for ages. Um, but I am excited to vote. You, you get to vote? I get 18. to vote. Uh, no election at the moment to vote for. No, but I'll be voting Labour. Will you be voting Labour now? Have you well, in the generals, I will. Well, in the local elections, considered this, 
or are you just thinking, well, I'm a young person, therefore it's the law, I should vote <laughs> no, Labour? No, I mean, first of all, you and mum generally vote Labour. Well, mum always votes Labour. You pretty much always vote Labour, apart from when you vote Green, because you like to be quirky. Um, and also... Some of you well, might I, I, not I, I have heard. The North is quite the Labour stronghold. Well, I won't be voting uh, Labour while uh, Jeremy Corbyn is leader. I have voted you, Labour because you in the think past. he's you. You say I he's anti-Semitic, he's, don't you? I'm not absolutely sure about that. I, d- I don't think he's anti-Semitic. I just think he's useless. So that's why I, I think I don't he's know. useless. I think he's pointless, and I think he's a, a little bit devious as well. Who would you vote for now, though? Because you wouldn't vote Conservative. Uh, no, I w- well, you I wouldn't vote t- Lib Dem either, would you? Vote- yeah, I would vote. I've, I've voted Lib Dem in the past. Have to be you? Honest. Yeah, I would vote Lib Dem. I'd so vote- on the fence. I vote. Yeah, well, I'm on the fence. I wait to see. I'd also vote on uh, for our local candidate. See, I would vote for Mary Cray, who's our MP. Mer- we I like Mary Cray a lot. I think she's a good local MP. But I just judge it like that, rather than saying. Well, hang on, I'm an old person. I vote uh, Conservative. This is the thing because we come from somewhere where literally. Labour would always, always, always get in. There's no yeah. way that they wouldn't. So then, I guess, what's the point? But then you should vote. Yeah. Always vote. Maybe spoil the ballot. Maybe that's the I best often, idea. I often feel, you know, what's the point? Especially, you know, if you live in a solidly Labour area or a solidly Conservative area. Not that I'm upset about it. Like, I'd much prefer our area to be solidly Labour than Conservative. That must be really frustrating if you live in a solidly Conservative place. Yeah, possibly. Well, but, I mean, it's also, if you're a Conservative in a solidly Labour place, it must be disappointing as well. It's the same thing. Yeah, but at I the think... moment, I'm supporting Theresa May in coming to a deal on uh, Brexit because I've always felt that that is... Because you want them the... to stop talking about it. Yeah, I want it to just be over, yeah. But, anyway, so actually... You're, you're looking forward to voting anyway. The, I am a, looking forward even, to voting. Even if it's pointless, it gives you a sense of empowerment. It's also way. not pointless, like... You think it's pointless, but it's not. Well, it is pointless for you in that you know that the next day... If you look at the figures, you'll see the next day Mary Cray, your local MP, will have a majority of something like 12,000 and say... So her majority will be 12,493. And then when you hear this announced, you think, without me, it would have only been 12,493. Yeah, but you could say that about every single person who votes, but, you know, Hmm. it's like together you make a big difference. Hmm, Possibly. That's why it's important to vote. Get out there and vote. And it's been the American uh, midterms, as we yes. know. Yes, so uh, been hearing a lot about a lot voting about that. The, uh, from, I was from all the celebrities it. on Instagram. Well, yeah, and some of the celebrities didn't actually have that much effect. The candidate in Tennessee, and I've forgotten the name of the candidate, but the candidate in Tennessee that Taylor Swift was backing. Oh, yeah, Taylor Swift. came out at a late stage, and everybody thought Taylor Swift could swing the election there. Well, she didn't quite. The candidate did fairly well for Tennessee, but didn't get in. Taylor uh, Swift, who famously is very quiet on... Well, was always really quiet on politics, and um, Donald Trump has managed to even make Taylor Swift <laughs> speak out. Yeah, well, a lot of people spoke out. I mean, there was a, um, an anti-Trump one of the, vote in various... Mostly in what they're calling suburban areas of large cities. So sort of suburban Detroit, suburban New York, and all those places. There was a lot of anti-Trump uh, voting there. Uh, the candidate, though, the great hope for the Democrats, the candidate in uh, Texas, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, who's who was... been endorsed by one of Destiny's Child, <sighs> Kelly or Michelle. Michelle Not Beyonce, from... though, sir. So. No. Anyway, Kelly Rowland. I think. Didn't manage to swing the election. 
um, because Beto O'Rourke, who they were thinking of as a sort of possible presidential candidate, he's against very like. I Trump think if he ran somewhere else, he'd probably win, wouldn't he? But Texas is very Republican. Yeah, very. Yeah. So he, so did, he still did well. He did well. He didn't get in though. He didn't uh, overcome no. Ted Cruz, who's quite a powerful Republican mm. and was one of their presidential uh, candidates last time. Yeah. Who are the Democrats? Who's their big? Who are the, they? Haven't got big one. That's gun the whole point. The they yeah. haven't got a big gun, and that means you know when you look at the twenty twenty election. At the moment, nobody's emerged that's going to challenge uh, Donald no, Trump. I don't but there know. are, uh, I was watching it on the TV, and there are loads of, way more women than ever before have got in on the Democrat side. Yeah. Probably of all the names mentioned, Oprah is the one Democrat that would get in. Cause Martin said, Sheen, I reckon, would get in as well. Well, he? he's already done the job. I yeah, think, exactly. You know. He's very good at it. But he's got um, that presidential air. Yeah, well, he, of course, it, it is fiction. Uh, no, but he does have it anyway, doesn't he? Because mm. that's why they're casting. Um, how there's does it work? Because they say they've there's lost the house. There's two houses. They've lost the house. Where's he living? The, there's the House of Representatives. That's the one that has now turned Democrat. It was Republican. It's now narrowly Democrat. And then there's Congress, which is the upper house, and that is still Republican. No, see, I kind of do know some of this from the West Wing because in part of the West Wing they have um, a Republican house, but the Democrats a democrat president and there's a lot of problems with like they can never get any yeah. bills passed and so they kind of can't do anything i think there's the, going to be a few of those sort of problems and also because the which house is good of, i guess the house of representatives that. is now democrat there are chances that some of these inquiries about about trump's tax affairs about russian interference in the election some of those inquiries might be pushed through yeah. by the house of representatives which is now democrats yeah. so it's a uh, Volatile time, but the message I get from seeing all these analysts on the TV is that America is really divided. It's very polarized. Oh God, yeah. We are here, but I mean, not to the same extent though. Just because, ask if you've something we've not mentioned in a long time is The Handmaid's Tale. No. Um, I guess that if you've read that, you will see like the more you look at America, the more you're like, wow, this is really scary. America's really religious. Do you know what I mean? And really that like religious right, that Puritan right. Mm. That's, you know what? Puritan's the word I was thinking when I was thinking of virtuous earlier. Yeah, Puritan. It's not Puritan though, I don't think. America. No, oh. no Puritan, yeah, I agree with you. America. Uh, you, yeah, you see more and more how, just how like scarily yeah. kind of right No, it's always been like, the way. Censorship in America has always been... Anything to do with sex, really censored, mm. very, very. But because violence, the church has such, fine. We're all, you know, we're fine. The with church that. has such a stronghold over places, and I mean, if you've seen um, Spotlight as well, I mean, I know that's set quite far in the past, but I still think a lot of the stuff that it says Spotlight is about the um, the Boston Globe who covered the yes. paedophilia ring in the Catholic Church, and um, a lot of it is just like. They can't. They never talk about it enough because the church is still so powerful. The same it was in like Ireland in the the sixties yeah, yeah. or whatever. You know, and if you've seen Philomena as well. Now this concept of YouTubers, which every week we talk to some extent about uh, about YouTubers and the internet and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now the YouTubers, because uh, there's one on Joe Sugg on Strictly, Strictly Come Dancing, Come Dancing who actually is quite. A nice guy, I think, and he's not quite as um, capitalist as his older sister, who is. Right, that's what I was going to ask you. His sister is Zoe Sugg. 
Zoella. Zoella. Right. I mean, her name is Zoe Sook. Well, but yeah. Zoella, uh, which is what she calls herself on YouTube, has got uh, a book out for Christmas. You'll be delighted to hear. Oh, um, who hasn't got a book out? Stop the Christmas, Christmas shopping now. Yeah, well, it's uh, £20. And it's a self-help guide, uh, which includes advice on taking a walk and how to make a sandwich. <laughs> According to this story uh, in the Sun newspaper, she gives millennials tips. So it's, it's assuming that it's only millennials going to read this book. And probably generations no, no, like This is the problem. They use millennials in just the... Like, what are they on about millennials? Well, no millennials will be reading this book. Millennials are like 24, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 24 and upwards, they're not so going to be reading gonna, it. This book is going to be 15 year olds. younger than me. This yeah. is like, yeah, no, it's like 13 year olds. It's people 10 to, 10 to 14, I would say. Uh, well, I'll read you... Madness. Uh, madness. I'll read you what it says here. The 28-year-old sister of Strictly Come Dancing God. star Joe promises, quote, simple but impressive DIYs. So the book is how to do things yourself, right? Mm. Uh, the book includes uh, tips on how to butter bread for sandwiches, as well as taking a coat for a winter walk. And if you're 10 years old, you probably don't know how to butter bread. And an umbrella in spring. Yeah, but you could work it out, even if you were 10. <laughs> you could see the butter dish there and a knife. If you gave a 10-year-old butter dish, a knife and a piece of bread... I don't reckon they'd just be staring at it, thinking, what the hell, what, what next? There's tons of 10-year-old children across the country who were just stood in blind fear, looking at a slice of bread, knife in hand. Yeah, well, she'll tell them how just to Just wondering. To yeah. So it's how to butter bread for sandwiches and take a coat if you go for a walk in the winter. She also recommends eating chocolate at Easter, playing Monopoly as a board game. I think the sun is probably... The, over, I think they're... Yeah, they're I think they're... Yeah. Here, as, as the probably goes. not as bad as it sounds. No. But you can't... She's 28 years old and she's still making the same videos as she was when she was like... I don't yeah, know when she started. When, like when, when you were, okay. Oh, no, I never liked her. No. But, like, I don't have the same... But you used to look at her feelings. stuff, didn't you? When, you? when you were young, a couple of years ago. Did you still... Not really. I've never watched any of her videos. And she's a huge star as Makeup well, isn't she? Makeup stuff. When, and, and when, but can you when imagine she signs still this being, book, like, when she, signs, when she signs the book in a shop, there will be thousands of... You know, if she went oh, yeah. tomorrow to the White Rose Centre or the Trafford Centre and she's signing a book... If oh, it, my God, yeah. There'll be, be security. You won't be able to get anywhere. Oh, no, 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 of course not. You'd have to book tickets. It'd be ticketed. You Because yeah. you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. But can you imagine still being, like, fulfilled by the same thing as you were eight years ago? So you think she's... I think she's been around for... Oh, I think she must be empty inside. Surely. Really? You so, can't not be, can you? If you're still... You're not the same person as you were seven assumes, years ago. Assumes, like, I, I don't know how long she's no, been on YouTube. But she's doing, she's doing the same sort of stuff then, is she? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, as far as I know, yeah. Readers, says The Sun, slammed the 256 pages of idiotic hints as a complete waste of money. One wrote online, all the ideas in this book can easily be found online for free, which I suppose you're right. If you, But, if, that, I mean, that's the same with any recipe book. So what about YouTubers? Would, you know, Zoella would decide it's just the same old nonsense and it's not I for mean, you. I wouldn't Is, want are to... any YouTubers doing stuff for you? Well, there's a girl called Arden Rose. She makes, like, videos. There, She's quite, like, hipster, like, artsy. She makes videos about like fashion and stuff right. it's more adult content like she'll do videos about like the environment and like sustainable fashion and then she'll do videos about sex and like relationships or she'll do videos that are more so what's she called 
Arden Rose, and she does more. Oh, she'll do like little fit, like short films and stuff. It's got like a creative journey. It's not just like here's me putting on my makeup. I wonder how they they suddenly sort of catch on YouTube. Yeah, no, it's it, weird, it, isn't it? It's the way to make a fortune, isn't it? Being oh YouTuber. my god, yeah. yeah. But then again, um, I've seen people on Twitter and stuff who like do YouTube about saying how difficult it is to actually make money like even if you've got tons of subscribers mm. you get kind of done well, over to have by tons brands and, tons and stuff of, you know, it's no good having hundreds of thousands you've got to have oh you've got to have millions, millions yeah. yeah on youtube again not something i actually do watch but something that i wondered whether you knew what it was mukbangs mukbangs no i've no idea and now i'm assuming how do you spell it m-u-k-b-a-n-g mukbang M-U-C- yeah but you don't really say it like that so it comes from the word mm. comes from mukda, which is spelled M-U-O-K hyphen D-A, which oh. is the Korean word for eating, mm. with bang song, the Korean for broadcast. So basically, there are these videos, and it'll usually be just one person, and they'll have a table full of loads and loads of food, and they'll just eat food live on camera. Eat well, not live, live on and camera. And people watch. Not it. live, like tipped. Yeah, people love to watch it. And what are they eating? Anything particular? Just anything, really. Usually it's more of a... Sometimes it's Korean food, but they also do it with, like, burgers and stuff. Usually it's, like, mm, lots of different types of food, so you'll have, like, burgers, fries, onion rings. And there's no commentary on it? They just eat it? No, they kind of are like, oh, this is nice and stuff like that, but it's not like they chat about other stuff. Is that all they say? No, I mean, they say stuff, but not really. And so a lot of people are like... Is loneliness the reason that people love watching these videos so much? Because they're really, they're massive. It's absolutely huge. Really? So if you look... Um, Where do they come from? From America? From the UK? America more, sir. They've got like loads and loads of views. Like um, Stephanie Sue, um, who I don't know whether she's famous for it, but this is the, the first one that comes up when you yeah. go on YouTube. Has It's only been up for 12 hours. It's already got 60,000 views. Sometimes there's a group of them. One that was up two days ago has got 137 views. It's literally watching people eating. Yeah. And then um, this one, What I Eat on My Period, um, Mukbang, uh, 2.4 million views. Wow. Sometimes if it's with someone else, they'll like chat about stuff that is interesting to you while they're eating. Kind of like going for dinner with someone. You know, I'm just wondering, there's this new programme on BBC, which I watched a bit of last night, absolutely abysmal programme, called uh, I'll Get This. And basically the whole idea of the programme is five, they get five celebrities. Uh, I think I had to ask you who these celebrities were. Oh, all five yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know who Carol Vorderman is. But yeah. they also had Rylan and they had Ed, Ed Gamble and they had Ellis James and they had people I'd never heard of. But anyway, they get these five celebs and they sit around the table and they play sort of parlour games. So they play little games. They have cards that were games. Parlour topics. Yeah, they have these. <laughs> and they sit around. And as far as I watched five minutes of it, I couldn't take any more. So they sit around and then they play stupid games. And at the end of it, whoever's lost the most or won the most, I don't know how the hell it works, uh, gets to pay for the meal. That's what it's called. I'll get this. Like, uh, as wow. if it matters, they're celebrities, they've got millions of pounds. Why would it matter who? But, you know, there's no jeopardy there at all. Who gives a shit? No, I think it's this, this idea of just and boring that, Do you think programs? they've taken that off McBang? Do you think they've taken the idea and said, hey, look, people like looking at people eating. Let's use Maybe. it. Maybe. I don't... I don't know. I don't know whether this is too, like, psychoanalytical and I'm digging too deep. Dig, dig, dig. But is it because we live in, like, a tumultuous world where there's a lot of pressure? You were saying 
so polarised in America here. Do people like watching... So another set of YouTubers who... Loads and loads of people who watch girls, especially who are like in my year, called Sophia and Chintia. Just two girls, they're best friends, they're from Nottingham. They basically just talk about whatever you would imagine you would talk about. Do you know what I mean? Just stupid stuff. And they, they show themselves doing their makeup or chatting while they're eating pancakes. Like, they're not that interesting. There's nothing that happens in them. But we like watching people who feel like friends. This is very futuristic, isn't it? It's very and, is it because, and is it because we live in a world where we feel so out of control that we like to just see people being boring because it makes us feel there's consistency in the world? I think that's what people like about Sophia and Chintzy who are there... They had like barely any subscribers. What's one of my Sophia and Chintzy. Sophia and Chintzia. That's their names. Sophia. I don't watch their videos religiously, but sometimes if me and one of my friends are doing our makeup before like a night out or something, we'll put them on. And I think it's because the consistency of their friendship is grounding. And maybe that's why why people like we talked about the the nice shows. That's why people like Bake Off, because it gives you grounding in a world that's lacking stability. Well, I can see, I can see the appeal of Bake Off and, and even things like uh, X Factor and The Apprentice. I can see the appeal of that. Oh, I there, cannot see the appeal of X Factor. Well... The, so boring. Yeah. Go on. Well, X Factor's sort of a bit over, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, innit? But things like Bake Off and Apprentice and Strictly Come Dancing and see yeah, the appeal because there is there is jeopardy there and you know that you know there's mm. a possibility that people you like might get kicked out or people you don't like might stay in yeah and there's all that so I can see the appeal of that it's a contest I mean it's, it's why yeah but what why the, I go I to football that, matches you know but I think that the reason people like Bake Off so much is because it doesn't feel like a contest like no, because all the contest yeah. because the contestants like each other so much, it Do doesn't feel like a contest the way that X Factor does. And I think that's why X Factor has slowly drifted off because people like the friendships in Bake Off, mm. same as they like the friendships in The Apprentice. You know when we see them at the house or something and they're joking around, those bits, the bits where you're like, wow, they're really actually human. It's why people like Apprentice Your Fires because they come out and you're like, oh, they're not a massive dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> nice to know. <laughs> Let's have a short break for uh, a commercial for uh, another podcast or a product that we approve of. We like 100, it. Oh, God, do we like Unless it. it's something really awful. No, they don't advertise awful things on our Because I don't want to be really. advertising, I don't know what. No, but... they're not advertising weapons or anything like that. Or I don't want to have my face on a gun. No, your face will not be on a gun, I guarantee you. It will be a fine product or a fine podcast, and we'll just leave a, a short break for that. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's uh, do the music now, Ruth. Yes, let's. Well, I was startled, a little shocked when we were in the car and you got your aux lead so you can play your own music in the car. We don't have to listen to the radio. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere comes the Bee Gees and how deep is it's your It's the love? best song ever written. And you say, it's the best song ever written. It is. But, well, it's not. It's, I can think of a hundred songs. Objectively, but... <laughs> the best song ever written. I will go to the grave saying, best song ever written. Well, and I was uh, shocked because I can think of at least 50 songs that are better. They're, than, they're not, though. Than, uh, How Deep Is Your I Love. I just think it's the best song ever. Mm. Well, what I've decided to uh, do for you this week, then, to sort of pander to your love of uh, all things BG, is to play Andy Gibb. Now, don't know it. Don't well, know any other BG songs. Well, just the best one. <laughs> but well, you know the other BG songs. You know all this stuff from Saturday Night Fever and all that. Did they do Saturday Night Fever? Yes, they did. <laughs> Genuinely did Night Fever, Night that one, and Stay, huh. stay Alive, Stay Alive. Oh! Yeah. Get you, Bee Gees. Yeah, you love the Bee Gees. It was Barry, Robin and Morris Gibb were the Bee Gees. I've always threatened on the uh, on the little write-ups for this is that you're going to share with me the thoughts of a teenage girl and I'll tell you who the Bee Gees were. So this is now... <laughs> this is it. This, this is, is the last episode. <laughs> this, is, this is where I tell you who the Bee Gees were. Um, well, they were Barry, Robin and Morris Gibb. They were Manchester lads. Uh, their family went to Australia and they started going for talent contests in Australia yeah. and they became you know, mildly famous as, as little as youngsters. You know, there are lots <laughs> of clips on YouTube of them on TV in Australia when they were young. They moved back here, but when they'd gone to Australia, they had a younger brother, Andy, who's quite a bit younger than the other Bee Gees. And uh, he was like a few months old when they moved to Australia. And there was still uh, a young team when they moved back here. Uh, and then they they, wrote, they were so prolific in writing songs, because as we know, they've written songs for Barbara Streisand mm. and all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, they decided their kid brother, they'd write songs for him. And he, yes. he was better looking than the other. But the other Bee Gees were never what you, th- they were never thought of as being pop hot, stars. Hot, you know, yeah. hot pop stars. They were pop stars, but not, <laughs> they were not hot pop stars. But he was, he was very... <laughs> Very good looking, you know. He had uh, blonde hair and everything, and uh, he was good. What a pop star should um, look like, precisely. Anyway, the song we'll, we'll play the song, and this was he, he had about two or three hits. Bit, there's a bit of a tragedy uh, to do with Andy Gibb, but he had a few hits which were written to him by written for him by his elder brothers, and this was the biggest. Some 
Well, there you are, getting in touch with your inner Bee Gees. I like it. I like it a lot. Very brief success for Andy Gibb. He uh, he was addicted, heavily addicted to drugs. He suffered from depression and died just five days after his 30th birthday. It's really sad. it It was a sad story. So mine this week, not got quite as long a preamble as you have, um, is by Rena. What are you saying? Well, I mean, I wondered whether we were ever going to get to hear the song or whatever. Um, mine is called Cyber Stockholm Syndrome and it's by Rena Sawayama. And catchy uh, cyber it's Stockholm just, syndrome. It's just pop, Dad. It's just, just pop. pop. It, it's um, not a big good pop jump. there. Yes, good pop. It's not a big jump from Andy Gibb to that. To, no, you know, it, it's not actually at all. So Rina Sawayama mm-hmm. is a Japanese-born singer-songwriter, and she's done some modelling as well. Um, she was born in Japan, but she was raised from a young age in London. She released her debut mini album called Rena in 2017, um, and that's her most famous song. But it's still not played on the charts really but she's kind of been hailed as a sort of um the next lady gaga the next katy perry like i think that a lot of people think she's gonna be really big um vogue talked about her being like the millennial take on 1990s era pop and do you know what uh, stockholm syndrome is yeah, when you fall in love with the person who's kidnapped you. That's right, and, and this has obviously happened online, so it's cyber Stockholm syndrome. That's why it's a millennial tip because the lyrics are slightly darker, but the tune is still like happy go lucky. <laughs> Should we read some of these emails? Got a lot of emails this Yeah, week. go on then. Okay, well, Darren Leithley says, I, I'm not sure where I fit on the target demographic. <laughs> Everyone says this. <laughs> I'm, I'm 41 with daughters aged seven and two. He says, I've been catching up with uh, with back episodes. A lot of people, that's the thing about podcasts, people, mm. you know, we're, we're topical, we're talking about the American midterms, and people are probably hearing about three or four weeks' time, but it's still relevant. Uh, anyway, he says, I've been catch, catching up with episodes. I'm on holiday in northwest Spain, very nice. He says, uh, as a tyke exile in Dublin, it's great hearing my local accent. Yeah. He says, leets, 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 leets. He says, Ruth, I'm completely fed up with Brexit, but unfortunately it affects me a great deal because obviously oh yeah of course yeah yeah no it would do it you must be kind of in limbo Mm. mark ridley says hi martin and ruth i'd be very interested in your views on this i'm 56 i'm 56 years of age and in the summer took my mother to london to watch a day's test cricket for her 80th birthday oh god i can't imagine why on the way i suspect the reason is they like cricket why the? I don't get it. Well, some people like cricket. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of okay. I'm neutral on cricket, but I can watch it. On the way back on the underground, a gentleman offered my mother a seat, which she accepted. He's 80 years old. Uh, a young woman of about 25 then offered me her seat. Oh, it's such a bad moment. The moment when somebody It's a offered... bad moment, but also, though, sometimes people get proper arsy with you, and you're just like, well, then I will offer you my seat. Do you know what I mean? It's not right. an insult, but just like, you play it safe, don't you, that you should offer someone your seat. Mm. Especially... Anyway when you get on the bus on the train and like you're all college students even if they look about 40 you still be like oh do you want to sit down well because you're you're because you're younger like you're a polite person and you've been well brought up but not everyone do you know what i mean 
don't get arsy about people do oh, people I know I know me off. it's but like what do you want you can't have it all uh, anyway well anyway a young woman of about 25 then offer yeah what do you want older people you've got university grants you've got yeah. houses you've got ha- you've got affordable housing I'm renting my whole life I just want to give you my seat Paul Colling has got in touch with us on the subject of Palmos Oh, God, I've completely forgotten about Palmer's. Yeah. Well, he says, that's the point, people listen to the old episodes. Mm. He says... Oh, Palmer's is a Newcastle thing? It's a Middlesbrough thing. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. A teaside thing. It's a chicken with Parmesan cheese and it's all deep fried and it's got... 12, Sounds glorious. 12 million Yeah, 12,000 calories. calories anyway, he said uh, he's been in the forces. He says, before I joined the forces, I lived in a town called Redcar, where the Palmos are amazing. Did you know they do a pork Palmo also? These are a lot harder to find, but they taste even better. The Palmo is very easy to make and tastes so good. I live in Fleet now. Fleet's in Hampshire, so he's moved down south. But I make make them. He says, I actually make Palmos for uh, all my uh, friends. They love them. He says, after watching the Invictus Games, I've decided to apply to compete in the powerlifting events. So if I qualify, I'll be your first Invictus listener. Steve says, uh, a belated happy 18th birthday, Ruth. Thank you. Uh, and as someone who, when I was 18... Yeah, thought, still accepting any gifts to my PO box. Yes, thought I'd never be old. He says, unfortunately, I'm now a grumpy 62 years. Yeah, you feel invincible at 18. You do. So be warned, he says he's now become 62, mysteriously. He says, my issue issue is, um, I I come from a time well before The Simpsons, who I really don't find funny. I've never met anyone who doesn't find The Simpsons funny. But he doesn't. It's ridiculous. He's clearly not watching it right. Yeah. He must Uh, be stupid. He's having a go at... uh, I can't think of any other explanation. Steve... Uh, you're not watching it right apparently <laughs> thank you for the birthday wishes and, uh, he also says the world's going crazy with political correctness you just can't be funny anymore he says and I think that's why so many modern sitcoms just aren't remotely funny and I've put in brackets here uh, Ruth's response to this would be blah 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 faulty towers blah mm-hmm. blah it was in the Dolly Alderton book and she was like she spends every day just watching faulty towers it's only got 12 and in a hushed in hushed turns of the dinner table um, my other friend said to me it's only got 12 episodes I just don't know how she gets the mileage <laughs> <laughs> it's true you, could, you, you sort of live with it 12 episodes and then it was gone just leave him wanting more though. and Steve says he also hates Facebook the Kardashians big brother fake celebrity etc etc but not including Strictly which he says he does love Strictly is the one that sort of appeals to all generations David Sharratt who's a regular emailer says happy belated birthday Ruth thank you if I may say so I feel your podcasts are getting better and better they're they're evolving and growing in confidence with you Ruth funny and fascinating in equal measure Ah, thanks he's suggested I won't be able to get the headphones on next week my head will be so big Here was an interesting piece that I read in the Times, Ruth, and, and this is uh, to do with misogyny as a hate crime. Uh, they're, they're talking about taking it off the basically so that police can concentrate more on core values, you know, as in solving crime, catching burglars, mm. all that sort of stuff. Sarah Thornton, who was chairwoman of the National Police Chiefs Council, says that it would improve. One way to improve performance would be to exclude misogynist abuse from the hate crimes law. So uh, misogynist abuse would be taken out of the hate crimes law. The right. the columnist in the Times says it's ridiculous that you you should never do that. 
she says misogyny underpins most violent crime. It's Heather Brooke who's really Yeah, called. that's the thing. Misogyny underpins most violent crime from sexual grooming to domestic violence, sexual assault, rape and murder. No one is calling for race, religion or disability to remo- be removed from the list of hate crimes. Now, I'm assuming this is something you would agree with. I think I agree yeah. with it myself, I to don't be think, honest. How can you... I think if you're going to have misogyny, Yeah, it underpins so many crimes. Like, I saw a really interesting statistic, which I wish I could remember back then. and I, so I'm just going to make it up. And <laughs> well, you think you're approximate. You don't approximate. So basically, it was saying about how way more men talk about how they got out of... Um, sort of abusive relationships than women which is really surprising because so many more women have been in abusive relationships and someone just commented being like oh yeah it's because more women die in abusive relationships that how would they even take it off you can't just take it what would you be like it's not a hate crime anymore to be misogynistic like it's okay that no they're not saying it's okay what they're saying is it's taken because i think probably from a practical point of view i'm just looking at this she's the chairwoman of the national police chiefs council so i think what she's saying from a practical point of view Mm, i get um, that if you say misogyny is a hate crime virtually uh, you know wolf whistling for instance you know all at that very lower level that investigating that as a hate crime whereas the other hate crimes like race i can see both sides of the i see the practical side of it which is it's quite difficult to prosecute misogyny and also you should be spending time prosecuting people for rape not prosecuting 14 year old boys for for shouting shouting at girls but then again you can't have it both ways if you're gonna if you make it not a hate crime anymore then you're saying it's okay there's no way for that not to be the thing you have to like i get the practical issues and she's clearly like She's not an idiot. She's thought about it. If you're the police chief, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she'll have thought about it. And maybe practically it is better. But you've got to think of the theory behind it because it's going to be portrayed mm-hmm. that way. That's more or less what Heather Brooks says in the Times. These issues very much to the fore at the moment. Things like misogyny and all that. And uh, obviously... <laughs> well, they are. And all that. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. The position of women in society is, is a huge issue at the moment. Uh, mm. And there is... And I said this before, and I think you poo-pooed it last time. I'll try you out on again. There's a sort of feminising of the culture going on at the moment, which means that if you listen to... And I'm just getting this from listening to the radio. If you listen to the radio, when we have capital or heart on, um, it is a very sort of feminine music, if you like. Mo- the, the mm. Music mostly by... I think by that's a, just a trend, though. I don't think yeah, that's a, a feminising of culture. Yeah. But I'm, I get I'm just, what you mean. I guess like you've got um, sort of like the Ghostbusters remake and um, yeah. Doctor Who's becoming a woman and stuff, which I don't agree with Doctor Who being a woman. Oh, because, don't you? Well, so basically... Me. At first, I was like, great, brilliant. Then Catelyn Moran did an article about how Doctor Who is literally the only non-violent, nerdy male role model for for boy, for young boys oh, and yeah. how important that was. And then I was speaking... So I went on um, this like residential thing. I was speaking to one of the boys who's a big Doctor Who fan. Yes, you like, went on a course. We haven't even talked about that. Oh, yeah, but it's not... I've not really got anything to say, but I went on this thing. And um, we were talking about Doctor Who and he was saying, it makes me really sad because I've always loved Doctor Who, but now... And he was like my only male role model that I related to, even though he's fighting aliens. Mm-hmm. He's like nerdy and bumbly and weird. And yeah. So you they, think the character should? Because a lot I of people. I think the character have, should yeah. still be a man, just because men don't have role models yeah. like that. What I really want, I don't want us to have to keep adapting stories like Ghostbusters and what was an Ocean's. Yeah, Ocean's, Ocean's 11, 11 yeah. Um, which turned into Ocean's 8, didn't it? Because apparently you can't get 11 women. <laughs> um, 
I so don't want them to, to keep. <laughs> you just can't find them. Where are they? I don't want them to keep having to twist the stories to make them women. Like I don't want you to keep having to adapt male characters. I just want them to write women mm. female characters that are strong and powerful, yeah. but not so fictional that they're not believable. I want them to be flawed and them to be strong. Like I want to grow up seeing that. Yeah. I don't want to just see women who are now in men's characters like yeah. i hate that trend. and a lot of it i'm not i'm not a hooey or whatever they call people who like hoovian yes i'm not a i'm not a hoover um so i can't really, <laughs> comment, really, care, I can't really yeah. comment on this i don't really care but i've seen a lot of stuff online saying that, um this series of doctor who is not really as good as really, some of the previous I heard series people and, saying that it's better than the peter capaldi one there all right well, I heard some people also thought that the bolting on of the political correctness, like the Rosa is too much. It was like that Big much, Little yeah. Lies. Do you remember? Yeah. It was like a thriller, and it was all intrigue and stuff. And then at the end, it had this weird feminist ending tacked on. Yeah. Same with the Purst. Do you remember yeah. the Purst? Oh yeah, I remember the the, the, the Meryl Streep film about um, Watergate, and she, and it was a story, and she wasn't a particularly feminist character at all, really. Mm. And then at the end, it had this weird feminist angle know, tacked on and yeah. it doesn't need it no well I, I agree with you I think it's very sensible what does worry me in a way in terms of the feminising of the culture is that you'll find things that in the, that we look at now and think my god uh, that was so sexist and I'm thinking of things like Woody Allen films I'm thinking of Clint Eastwood mm. movies I'm thinking of westerns but even you know, John Ford going way back to you know to his westerns which were very very male and yeah. uh, very sexist, and you wouldn't make them now, not in the sort of current attitudes. You yeah. think of Woody Allen playing a leading man at like fifty-two with a, you know, with Mario Hemingway, who was like about sixteen at the time. Yeah, um, you know, no way would you make them now. Yeah, but, you probably wouldn't make a film of Lolita anymore. No, they probably just wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. So but it doesn't make it a bad film. Precisely. It means there's a whole and doesn't make it a bad book. And it means there's a oh, whole. Oh no, no one's disputing that it's a bad book at all, are they? No. But people get all het up on I mean, actually, some people do uh, dispute about it. In fact, it's interesting. Yeah, some people say it's a bad yeah. book. I've not read the book, I'll actually. Tell you, well, I've I read do the need book. to read it. I've read the book. It was one of my favourite books a long time ago. But um, interesting that you use that word Puritan uh, a wee bit earlier. Because now, in a way, with the, the feminists and the Puritans, who were in the 70s, absolutely diametrically opposed mm. and now get closer together when you see something like Lolita which the Catholic Church banned yeah. the Catholic Church banned the book Lolita and now you find feminists who will say that's just the sort of thing that shouldn't be published yeah and they're this on the is same the side as the Catholic Church you can't you shouldn't sense people no one should ever feel like they can't write something because it questions well that's I'm, why I like characters who are women who are really problematic? Do you know what I mean? And they, you don't, yeah. that you that you're like, mm, that's not really right because that's what women, most women are like. It's what people are like. It's what people exactly, yeah. and that's why. So I just, I just the only point scary. I was going to make was about you know about the Woody Allen films of the westerns and the heavy rock and all those mm. sort of very male things is that it'd be a shame if they disappeared altogether. Do you have a meme? For I do. Me? My top three assumptions when the doorbell rings. Number one, murderer. Number two, police telling me everyone is dead. Number three, that book I ordered about positive thinking. <laughs> Very good. It's Very good, good then, indeed. It's a, that's that, a tweet, actually. That well, is, it's a tweet that was on Instagram then. Well, I'm not bothered where it comes from. It's a good joke. It's good, it's isn't good it? Joke. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you go. 
And my Kardashian news is crap, and I don't even know what's going on, so I'm not going to tell it. All right, no Kardashian. Well, that will please uh, one or two of the emailers. Exactly. One or two of my cronies who don't really want to hear about the uh, yeah. Kardashians and that. So let's. And let's, there's none of my. Let's, um, let's protect the cronies. None of my rubbish reality shows on at the moment, so you won't hear about any of well, those. Well, they're either. coming up. They're coming. I'm a celebrity. Get I'm a celeb. Oh, 18th of November. Oh, right. I didn't know what date it was, but obviously you're better I'm informed. Excited. I love I'm a celeb. Although, mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Deck and Holly Willoughby, innit? It's Deck and Holly Willoughby. Well, that'd be an it's interesting not gonna be. Uh, dynamic. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that'll do it for this week, uh, Ruth. Yes, I, I think, think it will. I think we've done it. So, so um, thank you for listening. Thank you very much indeed for listening, and we'll have uh, more for you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.